Ah, well, I'll tell you what, today, Matthew, I'm quite tired because um, I've been in my basement shirtless digging for, well, no rhyme or reason, really. Not re- I'm not going to reveal to you why. Uh, why should right. I? What would be the point? We all uh, have days like that, don't we? We all have days like that. We all have days like that. Um, and often I find myself digging for um, five-star reviews. But not often. I'm, I'm not often shirtless because... Um, you know, I don't want to make people in the world sick. Um, so, yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. People should do five-star reviews and, and leave reviews as well, saying, oh, the people on this podcast really know their stuff. Oh, or don't know their stuff. Uh, but as long as, it's five, well. as long as it's five stars, say wonderful things about us and we'll um, – uh, we won't do anything in particular, but – um, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. So, um, yeah, what else do we want? <laughs> well, I would say on top of five-star reviews, uh, we would also like people to join us in our little Facebook community. Yes, that would um, be lovely. If you just search for Creative Psychopaths, you will find us there, and we'll uh, have some lovely old chats with you. We will. We will. We've been a bit vague this week, this time, because we're sort of um, we're doing our April Fool, Fool's Gold, which means that this week we've got to watch Hellraiser Hellworld. Um, and I'm excited to get into the episode and talk about it. So let's let's do that. Let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What are those horror sandwiches, I hear you ask? I don't actually hear you ask, but I'm assuming that you're listening going, what are horror sandwiches? Well, let me tell you, we have a delightful horror movie filling surrounded by two bready slices of horror movie chat or whatever it is we decided to talk about that week. Uh, my name's Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. Hello. Um, well, that intro went on a lot longer than usual. Um, it was rambling. I was I was just sat here, just raring to go. I was like that meme where the boy is in school and he's, he's all pent up. You know the one, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I can only think of two, right now. I can only think of two memes. There's the one with the guy looking behind him, or is it a girl? And Vince McMahon getting steadily weirder. Well, I mean, that's you know, that's how I just feel generally about the podcast. You know, we <laughs> we start oh, it's podcast recording day, and it's oh, we get to watch a movie, and and then you know, it just continues, and then eventually, I'm I'm falling off my chair. <laughs> ecstatic with the, the the coverage that we're going to be providing. Racked with madness or, or happiness or something. Yes. Uh, and so I want to I want to I want to start off my preamble by um not really apologizing, but I want to address something that I um didn't realize that I didn't know. Um 
Is this going to be in a, like one of those big Facebook apology videos? No, not really, not really. I was listening back to the Attack of the Crab Monsters um, episode, and during that episode, you reference the movie as being a B movie, and then and then I quite cleverly come along and go, "Oh yes, I think it was part of a double feature." And what I didn't realize is that B movie is means exactly that. It's you say it in the episode, and and I obviously was didn't realize that I, 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 from my head b movie just meant crap movie but i didn't realize it meant <laughs> it's sort of like the beta movie isn't it i just always assumed it was that that jerry seinfeld movie about bees ah yeah very good no that's the b movie no can you, I, it feels hard to like imagine a world where b movies were a thing though doesn't it you know yeah it does yeah I mean, what's the closest we really get to that now? Like the the short movie they put on before Pixar films. It's like that's as close as you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. You know, you imagine going to the cinema and you're there for what uh, a B movie for an hour and then another, you know, the main feature for an hour and a half. You know, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's just like one Avatar, isn't it? But yeah, it's probably when... less than. <laughs> Yeah, it's about when you used to make an afternoon of it, you know. Yeah, true, yeah. You'd have a yeah. matinee showing and an evening showing, and that was it. Yeah, it's a weird it's, it's a weird one, really. It's um and I've been watching a lot of those old movies and they are sort of they do tend to be sort of a tight ninety. Um there's some of them are even less than that. Um I think that's why I quite like working my way through the older movies, because I'm like, ooh, when I was seventeen, I can watch that. Yeah, they 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 do have a chat, and they're also just so easy to get a hold of as well, which is always lovely. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I find BBC iPlayer, if if you have access to it, listeners, it is a really great resource for for old films because they just they just put them there in this one folder. I think it's just like Silver Screen Classics or something, mm-hmm. and and they just have loads of really great old films in there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's wonderful, and. Um... Every so often, they have a bit of Ben Wheatley in there as well, which is nice. Yeah, that the, I really do think that you can have a very, just very solid film library just from what well, what we would say is free to air, you know, on demand services here. You know, we're, we're yeah. very lucky in that regard. Yeah, we're doing all right. I, I've I've just I've just found discovered is it Plex. Um, which is they've got a good selection of movies. They they very frustrating adverts, but you know, if you're looking for a movie, oh. yeah, I'd say uh, I find that four on demand has has the best out of the the TV channels streaming. Yes, I find that they've all, always got at least five or six really top quality films on there. Good old four OD. Uh, I think we should get sponsored by at least a couple of streaming services there for mentioning that, or um, you know, like at least like a month off paying the license fee or something. <laughs> at least. And now talking about streaming services, you and I have been streaming trailers. We have. How do you like that? Well, we uh, we said at the start of the year, didn't we? You know what what are our sort of most anticipated films for the year? Yeah. Uh, you said Winnie the Pooh, which is come and gone. And <laughs> I said Evil Dead, which is, I guess, 
at, at the time of recording, it comes out next week, but at the time of release, is it be tomorrow? I think. But it's, whenever it is, it's very oh, soon. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. chances are, if you're listening to it, this podcast, you, you've probably seen the film or I'll, we'll be getting ready to see it. So we need some new, some new, most anticipated films, don't we? We do. Um, so, so, well, go ahead. Go well, on. We've, we've gathered, we've gathered a few. Three, we have. in fact. We um, have. And, well, I'm, I'm going to start with one that comes out in June. And that is the Boogeyman. Right. Yeah. So now, as you know, I I love a Stephen King adaptation, uh, even though they do vary wildly in quality, as last week's episode will uh, testify. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Boogeyman. I mean, it's had a few cracks at it, haven't they, with this one? None of them have really hit the uh I would say the, the the mainstream the popular consciousness mm. uh but yeah this one is, is Rob Savage who's having a crack at it and he's uh the director of uh Dashcam uh which is one that you really liked from 2021 I believe oh right yeah it didn't need you host as well he did do host as well yeah uh, yeah Oh, it looks as if he's uh, a guy that's sort of uh, moving up in in the movie world. You know, he's had a couple of sort of low budget successes under his belt, and now now he's moving up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, yeah. To move from those two things to adapting Stephen King, it's it's something. But um, although I think Host and Dash Cam are quite polarizing movies that. Um, you know, definitely, they're definitely love or hate films. That's for sure. Um, so, what did you think of the trailer? Then, I mean, oh no, I've I've asked you, and then I started telling you. <laughs> no, you say. So I I like this trailer. I think there there are a few little nice directorial flourishes that we're getting in in the trailer. Uh, I think it's. It's showing us a few scares without giving too much away. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is always that worry that when you see a horror movie trailer uh, or like a comedy trailer, is that they either give away the scares or the laughs mm-hmm. in the trailer. Uh, I worry about that a little bit on this one. Uh, but on the whole, I, I do think it looks quite good. Uh, can't see it being too scary because it's, uh, I've looked on IMDb. It's a PG thirteen. All right, okay. So I think they'll. I maybe not worry too much about the scares, but I don't think there's going to be anything, you know, gore related or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm optimistic for this one. I think we are. Yeah, I think we're we're on for for one of the good kings. All right, okay. I am completely the opposite to you on it. It, it didn't it didn't do anything for me at all. Um, uh, there's a part in the trailer where there's a kid horsing around with a light, um, which looks like it could be quite tense. But apart from that, I was it 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 didn't do a, it didn't do a lot for me. It looked very sort of generic, 
Um, I think there's, yeah, there's probably quite a bit of that. Uh, you do, you do tend to find generic with mass appeal, you know, big theatrical releases. Yeah, kind right. of because they have to, don't they? To yeah, get as much I, money as possible. I understand that, but it didn't. It, there was nothing about this trailer that made me go, "Oh, yeah." That at least it's got something about it. it just sort of, it it looked like um, any any old sort of churned out studio horror movie to me, um, which. Hopefully it won't be. Hopefully it won't be. Um, I feel like this guy is a good enough director to hopefully know that he could cut his trailer together. Well, I don't know exactly how cutting trailers together works, but that he wouldn't do one that was so blatantly, oh, this is what's going to happen. But, you know, we're talking about the trailers here, so the trailer doesn't excite me. I think there's some nice little bits of what we see from the scares just with like things hiding in the shadows and stuff which is you know kind of you know what you expect from the the story don't you but i think what you're right in that in terms of everything else around it, it it looks very just by the book uh and and not not the book that stephen king wrote <laughs> you know just the the playbook for, for making these films. It it reminds me quite a bit of the Smile trailers right. uh, from last year, but I'd probably say this, the Smile trailer did have some quite affecting scares in it, whereas this one, you know, while I'm I'm, I'm pretty positive about it, uh, it doesn't look like it's at that, that level. No, well, we'll shall have to wait and see. You know, you never know. You never know. I wouldn't like to think that this that this guy could go from making two sort of unique horror movies and then just find himself. Well, because that's what happens when you work with studios, though, isn't it? It certainly can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what's next on your list? Right next, we are we're going to lighten the mood with what looks like a horror comedy, and we are going to say the blackening. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this. The, the uh, although I will say what you sort of echo what you just said that it is a comedy and it does this trailer does seem to be filled with jokes and there is I think some concern that those are all the best jokes and um it might not be much more to it than that. Um but I quite like the look of the killer and um you know it looks like it goes in some odd directions. So, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that. And I think it's sort of a fun, unique perspective that it seems like they're doing a sort of scream with it where they're sort of acknowledging horrors, um, but yet all the, all the cast are black. So that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there is that, that history, isn't there, of, you know, disposable black guy in, in cinema that, that people talk about, uh, you know, and a lot of other things that they look like they're going to have have some fun with. And it looks to me as if it is, like it goes one or two ways, doesn't it, horror comedy? You either get really bad spoofs, you know, your, your scary movie fours, or you get, you know, 
having fun and because you understand the material and you, you know you you play around with it and mm. you know this looks to me as if it is in that latter category you know it's how do we take you know our horror tropes and twist them so that instead of scary they become funny and I think they this looks as if it's striking that balance well and giving us a film that that will be enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it, it it looks like good fun, something something different. I think that's definitely what I'm looking forward to at the moment. Something different. Well, as you say, something different. The uh, the last trailer that we're going to talk about then is uh, the new A24 horror film, and that is Talk to Me. Right. And, well. It look, it's an Australian film. Good day. Yeah, well, it's, you know what? I don't actually know all that much about uh, Australian horror films, to be honest. I'm... No, but... I think Lake Mungo is probably the only Australian horror film that I've really seen. I know there's Wolf Creek, but I haven't got to it yet. Um, so, no, I'm a bit... Oh, there's, uh, I mean, the... the... The big name one for that's the Babadook, isn't it? That's I forgot that was Australian. Yeah, so you know, uh, hopefully, you know, this follows that suit because I mean, yeah. I know it's not a film for everyone, but I I really enjoyed the Babadook. Uh, yeah. And it, yeah, it's made by uh, a couple of directors, Danny Philippou and Michael Philippou. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to assume that they're brothers. And I'm just seeing what they've got. And yeah, it is actually directorial debut from them. So I don't know about you, but that always gets me excited just to see someone, you know, I don't really know anything about coming in and right doing something interesting. And yeah, this one for me, it's a trailer that it looks like it's got its cards very close to its chest. Right. Right. Unlike, you know, the other two, I I kind of get a feeling for the tone of the film, but I I couldn't really take any sort of guess as to what's going to happen in it apart, apart from a possession of some kind that you know that looks like it's been plant you know the seed for that's being planted in it right so it's yeah i i really don't know what to to make of it no well i'm 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 on two two ways about this number one I, it's an a24 film so i know what i'm seeing in the trailer is probably not what i'm going to get um, it's probably going to be something more, um, well, something more than what you see in the trailer. Because the trailer for me, going back to like the Boogeyman, it's it was quite generic. I thought um, there was nothing special about the trailer that made me go, well, like I said, with that that made me go, oh, this is something different. But I also know, you know, and the difference between this and 
going back to the boogeyman is that I know that with an A24, I know I'm probably going to get something um, worthwhile watching. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I am excited for this one um, because, yeah, well, I've, I've, I've no because other than, you know. No, I'm completely with you. It's that, that, Build up of goodwill that A twenty four have when it comes to horror films, isn't it? I think that I think that's all it is. The the, the it it's built up goodwill because, well, I don't know what you think about the. I I genuinely thought the trailer was very like oh, seems like any other horror film. Um, you know, it, it just hit a certain certain set of beats. You know, oh oh, it's a party. Oh, they're going to do a séance. Oh, it's going to go slightly wrong. Who there's a possession, but it and it, it didn't give you anything much more than that. Aside from, I think there might be some sort of angle, I'd say, uh, drugs or something like that. Uh, you know, it, it becomes addictive, something like that. There um, was one little touch in in the trailer where there was one shot where it looked as if it was you know just about before they do the the seancey thing, where they put the dog outside. And it's a really small touch, but it, for some reason it just gave me this thing that went, oh, I think these guys might know what they're doing here. Right, yeah. yeah. It's, it strikes me as like an, an a little piece of attention to detail that doesn't necessarily have to be there, you know, but just makes it feel a, a bit scarier. You know, it's like this... What they're doing, they don't want to put the dog through it because, you know, the dog's too pure for for horror. Keep dogs out of horror, please. <laughs> and yeah, it just gave me this this little feeling. It's like, oh, we're we're dealing with something, you know, a bit better than that. The rest of the trailer suggests because you know, like you do say, it is it does feel somewhat generic. Uh, for for the rest of it, yeah, yeah, but uh, but you know, well, we're repeating ourselves now. But there's good faith in it in a twenty four. So I think uh, I think of the three that that's that's the one that I'm probably most looking forward to getting out to the cinema and seeing. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think so. The the order that we've spoken about them is is the order that I want to get out and see these. <laughs> yeah, for if sure, they're yeah. all uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if they're all in cinemas tomorrow, that's that's the order I'd go. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and probably end up not watching Boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it might be good. You never know. Um, no, I think it looks. I think it looks alright. I'm I'm still fairly excited for it. Yeah. Well, that was the delicious first slice then. Um, the a trailery slice of bread. I didn't introduce the slice slice beforehand because ah, uh, it's a mess of a podcast. Yeah, we we trust our listeners to know everybody, how a sandwich works. Everybody knows how a sandwich works. So we're getting into week three of um, April Fools of Fools Gold, and you picked actually Siri picked or Apple picked. Um, Hellraiser Hellworld, which yeah. which you're going to tell us a bit about. Yeah, well, um, say so Steve Jobs, I'm coming for him in the afterlife. 
which may spoil <laughs> how we're going to talk about this film. But yeah, so this is uh, Hellraiser Hell World from 2005. And it is directed by Rick Porter, written by Carl Dupree, who did the screenplay, uh, Joel Soizen, who did the story, and they're based on characters by Clive Barker. I don't think he actually had any involvement in this. <laughs> um, for our cast, we have Catherine Winnick as Chelsea, Christopher Jacko as Jake, Henry Cavill, uh, Superman himself as Mike, uh, Kari Payton as Derek, Anna Tolput as Alison, uh, Lance Henriksen as the host, and then of course Doug Bradley as our pinhead. And this is where it gets uh, problematic when it comes to the budget because I found ranges between three to five million, right, for the budget, uh, which. It sounds a lot for a direct DVD movie, but I also found out that they had to film this back to back with Hellraiser Deader uh, because it was part of a, a deal to film in Romania. And right. they basically just cobbled it together because they had to. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's not a great start to making a movie, is it? That, that, it's Nobody not. really wants to be there, and, and the only reason you're doing it is for a tax break in you know, a country that's not particularly expensive to film in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and of course, because it went to direct-to-DVD, there's, there's no box office number for it, but I would say Hellraiser is a, you know, it's a franchise with enough loyalty that it's, it's almost certainly going to make its money back on your know, direct-to-DVD sales. Enough people will have watched this, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so I suppose we should dig into it then, uh, as it were. Um, yeah. Well, shall we uh, do well, our usual steal the synopsis that the the good people at Letterbox have written for us? Yes. Yeah. I suppose whatever um, whatever we said last week, say that again. Yeah. So, <laughs> evil goes online. Uh, if, I mean, if anyone's been on Twitter, you'll know it's already there. Uh, but gamers who participate in an online role-playing game called Hellworld are invited to a rave whose host plans to show them all the truth behind the Cenobite mythos. Lovely. Well, right. I'm going to do a little bit of repeating myself from uh, past weeks, uh, from the first week and the last week. Uh, uh, the last week. In that, number one, I think this film would have been more fun with somebody, uh, watching it with somebody, uh, like I said, with Attack of the Crab Monsters. But I also um, like, just like sometimes they come back. I can't remember the name of that, <laughs> that film. Sometimes, sometimes they, they come, come back, back, back for more. For more, there you go. And... Um, I think just like that, this script wasn't actually a Hellraiser film and they just sort of went, ah, make it a Hellraiser film. Um, so, yeah, I'm, well, I'm just sort of going back through it because actually um, I think I think you and I are going to be slightly different with this because I actually had a little bit of fun with it um, 
it don't get me wrong, it's a bad movie. It's a terrible movie. There's a lot to dislike about it. But I kind of like the fact that it doesn't make any sense. Um there's whole parts of it that 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 you go, what 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 happened? <laughs> Um, and I sort of enjoyed that about it. I, I I tried to watch it again for a second time, and it didn't have any of that charm for me. Um, so that was frustrating. So it is a, it was a one time watch. The first time I watched it, I was like, "This is weird and dumb." So I mean, that raises me to, to my first question, really, on this is like, how up to speed are you with Hellraiser? Because I've I've only seen the first one. I've seen the first two. Right. So we've got, I mean, this is the eighth one. So we've got a massive gap somewhere. So I was thinking when I was watching it, just anything that didn't make sense. I was like, is that, is that some lore of, of the past that I've, I've missed and, and just not understood it. The only, the only thing that they have in this is the box. Really. That's the only thing that makes any sense. Um, because in this movie they have um Pinhead as a slasher a slasher, really. It's a slasher movie designed as a as a Hellraiser film. And actually it could it could sort of explain itself later later on down the line as to why that is the case. But actually, you know, I'm giving it more credit than it deserves. Um so yeah. The, it's hard to know what to say about it, really, without... Here's my main digging point, is it sells itself as being, like, computer-related, um, but it's such a small amount of it. Like, it would have been interesting to see the game Hellworld, um, but it's so... It's just not part of it, really, is it? Apart from the fact that they keep going, oh... He played, he played, what was the name of the guy that died? I can't even remember. Um, there's a character Adam, that died. I believe Adam, it was. right at the beginning. And they go, oh, he was too deep into it. Was he? Yeah, he was. We should have stopped him, shouldn't we? Yeah. Why? Tell me why. Because, like I said in the intro, they keep cutting back to him digging in a cellar, but it, it never reveals what he's doing. It, it, yeah. it, it, <laughs> it's not like he digs up the box and you go, ah, that makes sense. It doesn't. It it's nothing. Um, it, it's, it all feels like really out of place time wise, doesn't it? As well for the for the whole idea of of the video game thing because it's what's it's two thousand and five, so that's well, you're. Sort of Xbox 360 times. So it, it's sort of just before gaming online really took off. You know, uh, I think maybe like 2006, the PS3 came out, and that's had wireless internet built in, and that that's when you know it really it really boomed. So I mean, at this time, you know, popular gaming wouldn't even be like that and the the playing online so you'd think that there'd be some sort of chat room element to it that i mean there is a chat room element to it that comes <laughs> that comes later but 
you know, it's how how do these people all play this game communally? And well, I understood it to be something have... akin to <laughs> World of Warcraft. You know, like you know that would have been big at the time. It was like an MMORPG. Um, well, that's a, that's just the thing. Isn't it? Just, there's no there's no explanation to what this game even is. There's no reference to it. It doesn't show apart from them opening an invitation to the party. There's no reference to the game. Um, where, where did they get those invitations from? I, 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 again, I think the, the, the part of this movie is for it to just not explain itself. Um, for someone to call the police, the police not hear them at all, but then show up anyway. Um, it's so none of it makes. I mean, uh, and there is an element of the fact that. Oh, just let me spoil the ending where it turns yeah, go out for it straight away. Yeah, it turns out that they're not actually at this party; that they've all been drugged, and they're underground experiencing these things. So it does lend itself to being able to go. All right, well, some of the weird things that have happened plot-wise, uh, you know, have all been sort of. It, it, it can move in that direction, but um, it's still. I don't like so, to say I had fun with the stupidity of it, <laughs> but it is rubbish. So what you've made you made reference to the end there, and like they they have this ending that they put together. So all you know, like you said, everything that's happened, it didn't really happen. They've all been drugged. They're all buried underground, basically just a put in a, a coffin and be tortured mentally until they die. Right. But this is where it just gets stupid. So it's set up for this, this big reveal ending. But when you get big reveal endings, you know, your Agatha Christie style big reveals, the joy of those things is to have intrigue built up throughout the course of the film. And then at the end of it, when they do the reveal, piece it, all those pieces together, you know, fit the jigsaw together so that you know what's happening. You can be impressed and you can be like, Oh, I I picked up on that. I didn't pick up on that. Isn't this just a, a wonderful puzzle that's come together? Whereas in this one, He's gone, I'm torturing you all and you're having hallucinations because of the suggestion because you've got fawns in there with you and you're hearing what's on the phone. Who, how do you answer that phone? (laughs) You're in a box. You're not picking up the phone to this dude every so often. You know, he's not ringing all of them. The Nokia 3310s, they didn't have that functionality. Yeah. He's <laughs> just like, well, it's you, you've it's fallen apart in at least two different ways there, and then it gets even worse when at the end of it, the police show up, even though they've been down there for three days. I mean, by which point you'd probably be dead of thirst. Mm-hmm. But and I mean, she's your know, Chelsea, our, our main character. You know, she's she's fine. You know, she's just three days, no no bother. Uh, <laughs> And then it turns out that, that the ghost of Adam uh, called the police for them. 
<laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> you see, you see, that's why I had fun with it. <laughs> it just was like, this movie makes no sense. Um, and it's hypocritical of me, really, because there were other times when I've when I've done movies down for not making any sense, but I think it was just it made so little sense, like it was le- it made less and less sense. So <laughs> just going, oh whatever. <laughs> no, I think you you're perfectly reasonable to do that. I think I've just not I've not got it in the right mood, so I don't have that sense of joy that you've got with this. No, no. Well, like I say, I started watching it for a second time and I was like, it's this shit. Um do you get the feeling with it that I got in that it feels like it's been made five years too late for all the trends that it's in. Like it, it's a film that owes pretty much its entire aesthetic to Marilyn Manson. Yeah, it came out in 2005. Yeah, I think it's it. I'm not sure really what I, what I felt about it was. I don't know whether Saw was popular around that sort of time, but they were trying to do a bit of. Saw with it. it was like what if what if Pinhead is Saw? Oh yeah, there the, there was definitely there was definitely a bit of that in there. Yeah, yeah. So it was like what if Pinhead is Saw, and it was like uh, I I didn't like that element of it. And um, one of the things I've, I've I've read about this is that you know the most interesting bit of the Hellraiser things is is the Cenobites, the different Cenobites. Whereas with this, you get Hell, you get. You get Hellraiser, you get Pinhead, you get the Chatterer, and then some other bloke who's just, I don't even know which one he is, really. Um, so you don't get that. Um, what else? Oh, I meant to say about the phones. Um, I don't know if this is true, but the, I, I believe that this movie holds a record for most single product placement Um I can't remember. It's it's a, a huge amount of times that that particular phone is shown, like seventy something or maybe more. Well, I mean that um, is a great piece of consistency because if those phones have been under there, you know, for three days with with the people while they've been buried, the battery's still going strong. You know, it's and yeah. there's no way that phone's getting broken or damaged in any way. We all know those phones were a beast. Uh, yeah, I will, I will give them that. They got that bit right. Spot on. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I don't. I genuinely don't have that much written down about it. Really, I mean, uh, there was this weird thing where everyone's wearing a mask with a sex number on it. Um, yeah, I what? Yeah, what was the, what was the that about? That? Yeah, I do understand. The point of it, because the the whole Cenobite thing is the pleasures of the flesh, you know. But but to the extreme. But obviously, as humans, we can't do that. So I do sort of vaguely understand where that's coming from. But the fact well, I that thought it, they were setting us up for a scare. You know, I thought that you know you'd see because they were all just these, these plain white masks, weren't they, with just the number on the forehead. And I thought that I was sure at some point, it, you know, a character was going to look at someone in a mask and it was going to be Pinhead. You know, <laughs> but they didn't. They really go for it. They just, no, they didn't. They didn't even no. wear them for the most parts. No, they didn't. Um, what else have I got? 
I thought Lance Henriksen did his best with it. He was he hammed it up as much as he could. Um, yeah, I think he was the only cast member that he, that I enjoyed in this. <laughs> yeah, he's probably the best bit of it. Yeah, I I, I was just sat watching, just going, how how on earth did Henry Cavill like become a star after this? <laughs> you know, at all you know, big name Hollywood actors, they've they've all got roles like this on the CV, haven't they? Where you know, low budget, you know, straight to video stuff. And, and you see those films and you kind of think, you know what? Yeah, I get why, you know, the, the head and shoulders above the rest, but like, just, just awful, just terrible. Yeah, he's not, he's not good in this, but they um, you know, none of them are. And I think that's all part, part and parcel script and everything script the fact that they were probably rushing them through it. Come on, one take, let's go. We got time to mess around with this. Well, um, in, in terms of uh, Lance Henriksen, uh, and I think Kari Payton as well, uh, apparently when, you know, the issue they had with having to rush together a second film, apparently they were cast just because they were in Romania shooting something else at the time. Yeah. So they were just yeah. like, oh, you're in the country, we've got, you know, a, a week free or whatever it is, we'll just get them in and, and make the film with them. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, now you say it and the more I think about it, that really shows in this movie and I think that's why a lot of it's bad. I mean, there are, there's a couple of points in this movie where they, they haven't even managed to quite get rid of the green screen. Um, specifically when Chelsea, I think it is, gets a needle through her finger, you, you can actually see green screen around the needle, um, which is fun. <laughs> So, yeah, it is just, like, rushed together, and it is a bad movie. Um, I think I was just I was just giggling at the stupidity of it. I, I'm not, I can't come out and say that this is a good film. Um, and then in the end, Pinhead does show up, right? Well, that also raises questions, doesn't it? So, I mean, there's... They, there's a, this video game which is based all around the, the Cenobite mythos. But it's it's not a mythos. It, it is something that's real. So I mean, who made the video game? Oh, yeah, very true. So, I mean, did did the Cenobites, you know, you know, get a video game designer and he he managed to bargain with them? So uh, you know what, I'll I'll immortalize you in binary so that you can do this digitally <laughs> none of it makes any sense because I thought what was going to happen and this is makes sense is that because the invitations were the box and I, I figured what happened was because it was a digital representation of the box they technically had opened it um, and that's why it was happening to them you know that makes sense um, but whatever uh, let's stop talking about it. <laughs> let's stop talking about it. We, we've been made fools. Yeah, we we certainly have. Yeah, uh, I. You know, I do. To, I do wish that I got the same joy out of it as you because, yeah, I I didn't. But maybe I'm just not in. I'm not in the right mood for it when I when I watched it. 
Yeah, no. I do, maybe I was in a weird mood because yeah, I, I I do recognize that it's bad, and I think it was just I just enjoyed be, that it, that it moves at a weird pace and stuff happens that, that they clearly went, oh, that wouldn't happen. They went, oh, now the police are here. I'm just like, what is going on? Um, but yeah, uh, don't watch it. Don't watch anyone. You won't, <laughs> you, you won't get that joy out of it. I don't know. I, I was in a caravan and feeling weird. And my back hurt. Uh, so that's the that that is the that is the delicious pinhead filling. Um, well, we say we, we did probably we didn't say it at the, just then, but the Rotten Tomato score for this one is actually a zero percent with the critics. Wow! Yeah, it's it's a rare achievement, but this film does get it. Twenty three percent with audiences. Um, so it's so a one in four people enjoy this film on some Ooh. level. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, it's a one point eight on Letterboxd. It was just surprisingly high. I would say it is, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, who are we to judge? Uh, I mean, I will say, you know, doing this that I would never have watched this. So, you know, I'm pleased to have watched it. Really. You know, it's something that I can add to my list of watching things. Um, you know, going back to week one, I know Brian messaged me <laughs> to say that he really enjoyed the crab movie. Um, and then he made his brother watch it. And he was like, I think my brother thinks I'm mad. Um, so, yeah. Re- I, I, so, you know, fair play. No, it might have been crap, but it's good that we got to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Let's look on the bright side. Yeah, let's try at least. Uh, so uh, let let's let's do this last week. Let's get it out of the way. Okay. So, what have you done? Right. So uh, I was I was planning to to put this to the the Facebook group, and I, I did put a post in, but I, I thought of something else that I wanted to have a crack at. So. I apologise to uh, to the Facebook group. Uh, we'll have to come back to your suggestions at a later date. So we're we're going to do remakes because they are there are some stinkers, and I've also picked a good one that I you know I wouldn't mind talking about. So do you have your dice at the ready? No, um, I don't know why I don't. I'm going to have to do your trick. Oh, be be careful. (laughs) Hey, Siri, pick a number between one and six. Five. Five, right. Okay. So we'll, we'll save that one till last then. Okay. So in at number one, we have the fog. From 2005. So a remake of the John Carpenter classic. Uh, oh, and I made the mistake of typing the fig into my uh, <laughs> search bar to get the synopsis. So their past has come back to haunt them, 
Trapped within an eerie mist, the residents of Antonio Bay have become the unwitting victims of a horrifying vengeance. 100 years earlier, a ship carrying lepers was purposely lured into the rocky coastline and sank, drowning all aboard. Now they're back, long dead mariners who've waited a century for their revenge. And that's a 1.6. Worse than the film that we've just spent the last half an hour or so slagging off. Pretty sure Tom Welling's in that. He certainly is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Oh, well, we're not doing it, so great. We're not doing it. Good. (laughs) Right. Uh, Nor are we doing Cabin Fever from 2016. Which, I mean, this is... Cabin Fever came out in 2002. You know, 14 years, that's not long enough for a remake, is it? you got to wait like 30 at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so you, you can't run from what's inside. In this grisly remake of the 2002 horror hit, five college chums rent an isolated woodland cabin for a party, but their fun quickly ends when the group is exposed to a hideous flesh-eating virus and survival becomes the name of the game. That is also uh, a 1.6, so... We've dodged the bullet for some real real stinkers here. Uh, number three was Halloween from 2007. Oh, uh, no. Which I think is probably a controversial one. Because I know this film does have its fans. Uh, but I, instead of you know looking for, for lists on this, I just did Google worst horror remakes, and it did come up a lot. So I'm, that's why I've, I've put it in. But okay. we're not doing it. So you know what? We're not going to say that it's a bad one. Uh, but yeah, evil has a destiny. After being committed for 17 years, Michael Myers, now a grown man and still very dangerous, escapes from the mental institution where he was committed as a 10-year-old, and he immediately returns to Haddonfield where he wants to find his baby sister, Laurie. Anyone who crosses his path is in mortal danger. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's Halloween, isn't it? We all know Halloween. Mine rubs off me Halloween. Uh, I know a lot of people hate it, but it's fine by me. No, I, I mean, yeah, so that one is uh, that has a 2.7 on Letterboxd. So it, to say that it's bad would, would be a misnomer, but hey, it's my list and we're not doing it, so it don't matter. <laughs> okay. Okay, so at four, we have from 2015 Poltergeist. Oh. Uh, They're here and they know what scares you. A family's suburban home is invaded by angry spirits. When the terrifying apparitions escalate their attacks and take the youngest daughter, the family must come together to rescue her. That is a 2.1. So again, not, you know, not real bad, but still not a good one. Yeah, I remember not hating that. I've seen that and I remember not hating it. I like Sam Rockwell. Um. Yeah, but uh, we're not doing it anyway. So great. We are, we're not. So that does leave us then that we have a two, two films left. So it's a fifty-fifty chance you've got the good one. We either hit gold or we didn't. I am afraid to say that number six from twenty seventeen is the movie It. Oh. Ah, your fears are unleashed. In a small town in Maine, seven children known as the Losers Club come face-to-face with life problems, bullies, 
and a monster that takes the shape of a clown called Pennywise. And yeah, that's a 3.5, which I'm actually surprised. I thought it'd be higher than that. Yeah, it's a tricky one though. Like you said before, with stuff like that, it only takes a few people to vote it down. <laughs> so I've noticed that a lot with some of the horror films that you that you look at them and they're a lot lower than you expect them to be. Um, yeah, but I think that's because it's a bit of a touchy genre, isn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly. So you're not. It's not something that appeals to everyone, and that's very deliberate. So. Yeah, I can understand why that is. Also, you know, if, if a lot of people are giving it four stars, you know, it's not a stretch to get to three point five. Then it doesn't take doesn't take a lot of distractors, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. So, are you ready for for number five? Then I am. I'm excited. You know what? I I, I think I lied to you because this this is the one that that we really wanted to do anyway. Oh, is it number five from two thousand and six? Starring Nicolas Cage himself, we have the Wicker Man. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> Some sacrifices must be made. A sheriff investigating the disappearance of a young girl from a small island discovers there's a larger mystery to solve among the island's secretive neo-pagan community. Why? You've been itching to do this. <laughs> uh. No. Yeah, you know, I, I really thought I was I was going to put it at number one because I thought had a real fear that, that was based on absolutely zero logic at all. That it was the least likely one to roll. But, uh, but, no, I, but it was, I got it, lucky. It was bloody Siri, wasn't it? Um, you, you're back in the good books, Jobs. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to have to watch this. I can't wait. This is going to be great. Yeah. I apologise. I think I called you a bastard for that. No, that's uh, fair. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go then, everyone. The last uh, the last movie that we're going to be doing on April um, Fool, Fool's Gold is Neil LeButt, um, the Wicker Man. Uh, he's probably not called LeButt. Uh, LeBute? <laughs> I, I would probably say LeBute, but I called him a butt because of this film. Uh, the so bees. That, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, that was the final. Maybe forever, judging from that reaction. <laughs> that was the final slice of bread. Now, I've got it up, actually, on um, Letterboxd. It's 1.8, so it can't be that bad. I um, can't wait. We're going to have fun. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch the original as well, I think. Well, there you go. At least you get some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. What am I doing now? Where are we? Final slice of bread. Um, it's a horror sandwich, and this was the last slice of bread. We, we're going to put pins in it, so fuck it. You know, you know, <laughs> um, and all the things that we said in the intro, join the social medias. Thingy. Like, share, and subscribe. Like, share. Hit the bell icon. Oh, no, that's somewhere else. Um... Yeah, do everything. Facebooks. But I hate this bit where we where we end it because I never know what to say. So let's just fucking go. We need like a, a button that just we press and it just says everything that we need to get out. Maybe I should have an end bit memorized like I do with the start bit. 
you know. Um, let's see. It'd be handy, wouldn't it? It'd just stop us, you know, petering out like we are doing. Let's see. Um, well, thank you for joining us, everyone, in the horror, in the, no, that isn't right. We'll go try again. Right, well, thank you, everyone, for joining us in this premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. Um, we've made it for you. We've got it all wrapped up. Uh, you'll know it's on the packaging. There is uh, some lovely directions to uh, join our Facebook groups and uh, share them among your friends. And don't forget to drop us a review. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. There you go. That works. That was lovely. <laughs> the brain works sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>